Welcome to Heart and Skull, the podcast. My name is Greg Blake, and I'm on with Matt Fries and Nick Olson. Gentlemen, this is our first episode. We're doing it. Hey, man, we went off without a hitch so far. You got my name right. Like, that's hard. <laughs> that's a tough one. Can <laughs> I get your name right as well? Oh, yeah. Same way Mike Zimmer got it right today in his presser. You know, beautiful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, guys, I'm so excited. We're, we're, we're doing this. We've talked about it. And uh, we, we circled the drain on it and all kind of stare at each other in the eye digitally like are we doing this are we doing it we did it we're here we're making a recording it's actually happening i can't think of two people well i can think of many people i love to talk football with but you are both people that i love to talk football with we've been talking football together uh for i think almost i don't want is it almost 10 years now let's uh, do it yeah yeah, like five, somewhere in the five to ten year range, for sure. Yeah, so for our listeners, what I mean by that is we all met on, this is going to sound so dorky, but it's the truth, so I have to say it, we, we all met on Reddit, on the Viking <laughs> subreddit, chatting for years and years and got to know each other and kind of kept in touch as the subreddit got larger and evolved and um, kind of stayed in touch with each other because we always enjoyed talking about the game. And we thought, let's try to transfer that a little bit into, into uh, you know, digital audio. You know, instead of using our fingertips, let's use our, our voices. So here we are. And uh, I think it's going great so far, guys. What, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's going fantastic. Why don't, why don't we get kicked off here, Greg? Okay, yeah, let's get kicked off. Um, all right, so the, the objective of this show is going to be hard and fast, facts, buzz, headlines, what's happening with the Minnesota Vikings. So this week... Uh, what's in the news, guys? Let's start with injuries. Um, who we, We've got a, a pretty big list of them. Uh, Matt, I'm sure you've got that queued up. Yeah, so uh, first big injury. Fortunately, seems like a relatively minor injury is Justin Jefferson's HC joint sprain. Um, he's going to be missing practice for a little while, I think, but definitely ready by the time the season comes along. I think probably we'll see him limited for the rest of the preseason. Doubt he sees much action in terms of preseason games, but I don't think he needs it. I mean, he's proven all he needs to prove in the NFL. Well, not all he needs to prove, I suppose, but he's he's proven himself in the NFL. He'll be ready week one and we'll be good to go. Um, the other um, big one... I almost considered that injury like a gift in a way. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Like, if that keeps JJ... We don't need to see any more from JJ. If it, if it keeps no, Justin Jefferson off the practice field and it keeps Adam Thielen also off the practice field so he can't also get hurt, I think uh, I think we might be playing a little bit safe I, with you. I feel like as soon as... As soon as JJ went down, they gave like everybody a veteran day. They're like, okay, Adam Thielen doesn't need any more snaps. Also, Anthony Barr, you can sit out for three days. Like, just yep. bubble wrap everyone. It really, yep. though, I mean, not to get us too too far off course right away, but I think we should talk about this JJ situation because for me, like, I, I I already knew I was I really love the fact that JJ's on the team and yada yada. I, for some reason, I hadn't really, my, like, fandom hadn't gotten there yet. Does that make sense? Like, I hadn't, like, gotten there in spirit yet. Yep. And when JJ went down, like, the whole thing just locked into place for me. I was like, oh, my God, this kid is so important to what we do. (laughs) He is so important to this team right now. He might be, I don't want to exaggerate, he might be our most important player at the moment. 
And it really came into perspective for me. I was like, I don't know what we do offensively without JJ. So very good news that it, it seems like it's a minor thing. And um, I hope they just definitely keep him on ice. Yeah. Um, other big injury, obviously, is Christian Derisaw, um, who has gotten more work in practice recently, but he has not participated in team drills yet. Um, I saw a Reef tweet today that he actually did get on the field at team drills, but it was for a kick. So it was for a field goal. And, that, and that's a, a Reef Hassan. Yes, a Reef Hassan, of course. Um, but so obviously, uh, you know, we're not seeing much from him, and that's kind of disappointing. And, and we'll kind of roll that into the rookies, where I think disappointment has been the theme. Either they haven't really seen the field, um, that includes Mond and Darasaw, and also Wyatt Davis, I believe, has missed some time in camp. And when he's been in camp, it's been more with the third team or practicing snaps at center or something rather than what we had all hoped, which is starting right guard Wyatt Davis, third round pick, right? Um, yeah. Other than that, you see Chaz Surratt, who we really haven't, you know, who I don't Surratt. think any Surratt. 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 I, Surratt. I think it's Surratt, actually, oh, because yeah. his brother Sage was also Surratt. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I apologize, Chaz. But people were saying his brother's name wrong, too. We don't yeah. know that. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I would yeah. I, 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 I have right? But I, I, I wasn't ever really expecting much from him, at least initially. He's kind of a developmental guy. Um, Kenny Wong, who's exciting. He's fast. That's what Kenny Wongu is. He's fast. Anything, anybody else you got, Nick? I mean, I think this kind of gets into what we can expect from Clint Kubiak a little bit, but I, the way that the wrinkles I've seen uh, from camp and stuff, it seems like there will be a role for Kenny Wongu, like, you know, whether using him on jet motion, um, he's been targeted on, on um, wheel routes downfield, you know, like coming out of the backfield and then running up like a fade route. So um, that's interesting to see. Those are like very valuable targets. That's stuff that like Matt LaFleur was doing last year or like Sean McVay likes to do. So I, I think it's interesting stuff. Um, Nick, I don't, do, you, do you see that? Sorry to interrupt you. Does that, do you see that as uh, a symptom of Dalvin just being not, not being given as many snaps and kind of just kind of filling the role? Or do you feel like that's what we may have actually brought him here to do? I think that was the idea. I think when it, when we when the Vikings took this guy, everybody, virtually everybody's like, "Wow, this is like an insane reach." And I think by that would be um, me. I'd be one of them. No, I mean it was everybody. It was me too. Like a lot of people were googling this guy because one, they didn't know how to say his name, and two, nobody had heard of him. He, he had like what, like fifty carries or something at Iowa. So, um, but I think the reason you took we take this guy this early is because they have a plan for him, and it seems like they're going to use him not just as. RB3 slash kick returner, which he'll probably get used in, but he'll probably see, I'm guessing they'll, they'll do some funky stuff in like 21 personnel where, where he gets onto the field, same time as Dalvin Cook. The Packers did this actually against the Vikings last year with Tyler Irvin. Yep, I, we feel like, I feel like that's a similar role we could see um, Wang who used in like um, rotational snaps as like somebody you line up out wide, see how the defense reacts to a, a running back out wide, gives you like his own match to tell and also like you give him on, on jet motion, the defense has to respect this guy who can run a four three, but is also like a like a, a sturdy built running back. So um gives you some interesting matchup options too. So I don't know. I feel like him and Amir Smith Marset are like interesting. We'll see if they amount to much other than just like depth guys, but it's interesting from those are the rookies that I feel like. Oh, and Zach Davidson, who I thought would never make the roster, but apparently now is going to. So that's that's wonderful. 
all of that. It does make me a little concerned that the three guys who are getting the best, having the best camps are guys who I would have considered fodder <laughs> before the camp even started. You know, like guys that were not on my radar at all. I don't know if it's, if it's great. And that means they're playing like way above expectations or if that means we're in trouble with the rookie class. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, I feel like the big log jam is Darisaw, right? Because he hasn't played and he was our first round pick and he was the reason to get excited about the draft, right? Because what was our glaring need going into the draft? It was second edge rusher and left tackle. And guess what? We traded back in the first round when we got this great left tackle who can probably start right away. And now he hasn't played because he had that core muscle surgery pre-draft, I believe. So he's still been dealing with complications from that, I suppose. And he, it doesn't look like he's going to start and we're going to be stuck with Rashad Hill as our starter. Um, so that's kind of, I think, the frustrating part um, of the rookie class. And I like the Amir Smith-Marset pick, right? The other two I wasn't all that excited about. But I – so, I mean, but that's what we're stuck with at this moment. Like, all our first four picks, we've barely heard anything from all the time. About. And, and Darisa, obviously, on its face, that's the most disappointing one. For me – and my my fan self for me it's Kellen Mond like I, I you guys know we talk about this but I, I was looking forward so much to seeing him this year and like I knew I knew he wasn't likely going to be a factor in year one I, in fact I mean that was obvious like it, it, it was but I that meant that the only chance we were going to see him are these preseason games and now he's almost certainly going to miss the first one um, he might get a little bit of play in the third one because the second one's going to be a dress rehearsal. So it, it can't be overstated how badly he screwed up his rookie year, really, at this point. I mean, because, you know, once the season starts, those kids don't get any snaps at QB3. None. They're just in the room, basically. He just wasted a whole year from not – well, we don't have to get into the, that stuff. But yep. it's very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. And, and uh, yeah, disappointing class so far. I hope it improves. <laughs> Um, but let's get let's be positive. Let's get positive. Who's having in your mind the best camp right now? Nick, let's start with you. Who's who's having gotta, the best camp? It's gotta be KJ Osborne. I mean, if we're talking about who compared to their expectations coming in uh is outperforming expectations the most, it's KJ Osborne. I mean, at this point, I think he's the betting favorite to be the third wide receiver, even once DD Westbrook comes back. And like Dede Westbrook is like a pretty, I mean, he's not amazing, but like I, if you had told people that the Vikings, you know, in March or whatever, that the Vikings were going to sign DD Westbrook this off season, um, but that KJ Osborne would win the wide receiver job. Like most people thought KJ Osborne wouldn't even be on the roster this year. He was that bad. He was, he was, one of them. <laughs> he, he was a disaster last year. It was a disaster. I mean, it was like, he was, he was drafted for one job, be a, like a good returner. And he was terrible at it. And, and like there was nobody ever saw it like much receiving up. He wasn't like a crazy athlete. Didn't really have an amazing measurables. He was kind of just a guy as a receiver. But now he's come in. His his routes look a lot sharper. He's doing things at the catch point. He looks like you know he could be a versatile receiving weapon for the Vikings. So that's like exciting. We'll see if he gets much 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 play on special teams. But like having him step up and look like really impressive as like a receiver, that's like pretty cool. So 
Uh, for a team that had like zero wide receiver. Death. I mean, last year, Chad Beebe was our third wide receiver. He's not going to make the roster this year. It looks like, so oh, yeah. it's, 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 it was that bad. So that's like pretty exciting. There's a guy who like is going to come in. I think he'll play a lot of snaps and I think, you know, he's not going to be amazing, but I think he'll, he'll, he'll have an impact. So. No, I, I think KJ Osborne's the obvious one. I hated the KJ Osborne pick. I was clamoring for him to be cut like all of last year. And all of a sudden he's good in training camp. That's awesome. Um, Actually, speaking of cutting him, I did a little 53-man roster projection like before training camp started, like right after minicamp or something like that. And I had KJ Osborne off that and I kept Dan Chisna on it, right? Because Dan Chisna only had special teams ability, but at least like he's very fast and like got down there as a gunner, even if he didn't make the tack right last year. So I figured maybe that's how to work with Dan Chesna, by the way, also showing a little bit of something as a wide receiver apparently. So that's, that's kind of interesting too. Um, the other big winner at training camp so far, I think is Ole Udo. All of the reports are, um, well, from Mike Zimmer's mouth or from Phil Rauscher's mouth, maybe our offensive line coach, he's also, extremely strong too. He's yeah. extremely strong, and that's why they want him on the inside. And I think that's actually a very good thing for our, our offensive line because our strength, especially on the interior offensive line, has been our biggest problem over the last few years, right? Garrett Bradbury really struggles against more powerful interior rushers, um, and having somebody with strength next to him helps him out a lot. I don't think we had anybody with that kind of anchor strength. You know, uh, Dozier certainly doesn't have it. Um you know, Cleveland isn't all that big either, although apparently it's gotten bigger this year. Um, so I, I think having that strength and that strong interior presence is actually going to help us out quite a bit with those stronger rushers. Even if they can scheme up a little bit against Bradbury, it becomes a lot harder when he has help right next to him. Um, so I I like what I've heard from Oliveto so far. It sounds like he's got the inside track to be the starting right guard. Now, I, I think the team still likes Dozier. Right. But hopefully they can come around and see that Dozier is probably not the guy you want starting for 17 games on your offense if you want to be good. Um, but yeah, I think Oliver deserves a lot of kudos for playing well. Another second year player. So it might be the year of the second year players. And actually, that's kind of, or no, Ludo's third year, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but last year is on his ball, man. Last year, with the lack of a preseason, I think. It, it seems like we're starting to see some dividends from that this year of second year players who are coming around a little bit more. Yeah, totally agreed. And I do wonder if that's also going to have an impact on um, rookies across the league. You know, I mean, the, the rookies, second year guys, all those guys really got dealt a raw hand last year. And I do wonder like some of the lack of effectiveness of our rookies, maybe that's due to, you know, being rusty, being this, being that, you know. So a good point, very good point. Um, hopefully it continues to improve. Um, you know, we, the other, I think, honorable mention, we could just throw this out there to Neil Hunter. You know, it's good to have him, great to have him back. Um, he's clearly, it's one of those things where it's like, to say he's having a great camp, really, it's more just that he's there, he's on the field, he's playing, he's the Neil Hunter. It appears that he hasn't. It certainly seems like he hasn't lost a step. Um, yeah. And we got to remember, like, coming in, that was not guaranteed. Like, he's coming yep. off, yep. like, a season-ending injury. Like, the, the the herniated disc or whatever, that can linger. Um, so there were a lot of people saying, like, he's missed, you know, an entire year. He could become back rusty. He could come back not. That was one of them. That was, that was me. <laughs> um, and it was a good point. But, like, 
like clearly from the moment Hunter stepped on the field, like, no, this guy, if anything, like <laughs> I, I looked, I looked up like defensive player of the year odds the other day at DraftKings or whatever. And Hunter was like plus 4,000 within like Anthony Barr had the same odds, <laughs> which is like, if those, if those odds are still current, like feel free to bet Hunter. Hop, 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 hop. We're talking about a guy who racked up over 14 sacks the last two years. He was, he was, he was healthy and, and now looks like, not just as good as he was this year. He might be even better. Like his biceps might be even bigger, which I don't even know if that's possible. But <laughs> he's like seriously, along with Miles Garrett, I think he might be the, the second most athletic like edge defender in the NFL right now. And he's only like for a long time, people thought he was good just because of that athleticism. But like it wasn't until like the end of 2019 that he was like beginning to put together all the technical stuff. Um, so he's just. Like him and Justin Jefferson, like they just stepped on the field and like, boom, like, like everybody understood these are like the best guys, these, however good all the other players on the rosters are right now, like these, these are the, these are the dudes. So um, I wouldn't put them in the same like tier as like KJ Osborne because people, people knew Hunter and JJ were good, but in terms of like um, good guys beating expectations, I think those guys really stand out for how much they've really established themselves this offseason. Absolutely. Well, yeah, let's, so, let's move on. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So another interesting thing that on, while we're on defensive ends is what DJ Wanham's done so far. Um, I The reports have been positive, but they haven't been overwhelmingly so, right? So, like, you'll get see – you'll see when they have a good rep or something, somebody tweets about it. But it hasn't been, like, constantly DJ Wanham, DJ Wanham, DJ Wanham. But the interesting thing, I think, is apparently they've been lining up him up in the bar role quite a bit. And I have seen a couple of, of photos, too, of Vikings using tight front, right, which is a guy on the nose, two four eyes, which is slightly inside the tackle. And then they'll have, like, Daniil Hunter standing up on the edge. And that may be a situation where if you're going in a tight front, sometimes you have to put your, like, linebacker types or, like, your pass rusher types, like, out wide a little bit. So that might be what's happening with one of them there. But it might be interesting to see pass rushers more asked to do coverage roles or, or kind of different roles and that sort of thing. And hopefully one of with his line and Andre Patterson did shout one him out in one of his press conferences too, just in terms of he's seen the transformation and that's the, why he likes the guys with that length and explosion. So hopefully we might see something a little bit more. I don't know if that means he's the second edge rusher because that is a, a big question mark on the team right now, right? Because we, I, was just, I was just about to say, yeah. I certainly hope he is playing well because we desperately need production from from the ends this year. So, no. um, let's let's continue. We're all talking about camp. Um, obviously, most important position on the team is quarterback. It's been a very complicated training camp for that. We've already touched on it a little bit. Um, I think we pretty much know who one and two are at this point. It's going to be Kirk Cousins. It's going to be Jake Browning. How do we feel about that? Silence. Fucking silence. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do we feel about this, guys? I mean, do we do we still? You 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 both are much more um, comfortable. I'll, I'll use that word with with Kirk Cousins behind quarter uh, behind center than I am. Do you still feel that way? Do you feel like uh... yeah? So so for me personally, outside of the possibility of Kirk Cousins missing games, which I don't think is a thing due to injury, right? Mm-hmm. I think it well, it, it if he misses games, it's because he's been very durable throughout his career. It's going to be because of COVID nineteen, right? And. I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but the moral of the story is the way the rules in the NFL are set up, 
if you're not vaccinated for COVID, you have a much higher chance of missing games due to it than vaccinated players do. Because right? For, for the listeners, just so it's clear, because it's not just getting sick, it's if someone you may have contacted gets sick. So yes. you, you are on the hook for not just your own health, but like we just saw illustrated in camp, someone else's health can affect your ability to play as well. So I think that's, Matt, kind of what you're touching on is that his probability of missing games is very high right now. It's, and it we're, is, not, we're not casting judgments. As, on, as we saw with Jake Browning, yeah. a player who is vaccinated does not have to go through the same protocols as a player who's unvaccinated like Kirk Cousins. So that's, that's the difference there, right? And the, I, to Kirk's credit, outside of getting vaccinated, he's doing basically, it seems like everything is power to avoid missing games. But anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on yeah, that. No, like, that's line, been the conversation it's, for like it's a week. It's riskier now. right now. Um, than, than the, the thing is, he's a very good quarterback and he's a starting NFL quarterback. I'm not going to say he's an elite tier. Um, he, I would say he's a fringe top 10 quarterback for me. I, I'm not confident that I could put him in the top 10 if you were asking me to rank players. Um, now the NFL views him a lot lower than that. They put him at 18th in Sando's quarterback tiers and he's right next to Baker Mayfield. He's right next to Jared Goff. They, he's like two spots from Jimmy Garoppolo, who's still rated relatively highly in that. Like it's kind of ridiculous how the NFL views <laughs> so those quarterbacks stupid. because there are, I but they view him as system. That quarterbacks in that offense um but he's he's going to be there we're going to have the moments where Kirk Cousins does like his brain just shut I I like to describe it because he's he's typically very smart and very safe and, and makes good decisions as a quarterback and then like five plays every other game or every fourth game his brain will shut off and it'll destroy our chances that game I, I think the Falcons game last year is a good example of of exactly that happening right um so it is going to be a little bit frustrating at times, It's, but it's what we've seen for the past three years. And I think, you know, our team will go – I think the offense is going to remain on a similar level or, or maybe be a little bit worse just due to normal regression the last year. Our team will go the way the defense goes, yep. I think, is, so, is the moral of the story. So, Nick, let's, let me throw a scenario at you, okay? Um, Kirk Cousins, definitely going to miss – we're going to say it's for an ankle – he twisted his ankle. Someone, someone rolled on him. He twists an ankle. He's, he's going to be out for three weeks. We have games every week. Do we think Jake Browning can win football games in the NFL? <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. I think the Vikings have elite weapons. I think they're, it's hard to think of. Uh, I mean, there are teams like the Bucks or the Cowboys or other teams that like you, you maybe if you're doing ordinal rankings, like you would rank them higher than the Vikings, but like, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, like it's hard to it's hard to do much better than that. Like I don't think the Bucks are in a different tier than the Vikings are, or that the Cowboys are in a, in a different tier um, than the Vikings. I think the Vikings group of support system in terms of the weapons helps us about as much. The offensive line, not so much. But I'll put I don't think Jake Browning is going to win the Vikings games, but I also don't think. He'll, he'll necessarily throw them away. I think if Jake Browning is in there, you're going to be seeing a lot of Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Might even see some Wildcat. Um, but I mean, that's what the Vikings were doing without Kirk Cousins. It was, it was like a lot of Wildcats. So I don't think they trust Jake Browning very much. I don't think he's a very good backup. Um, I, I'm, But I wouldn't say like the Vikings are automatic loot losses those next three games. And, you know, the, the, like that said, it rests on the defense control of the clock. Do what you have to those weeks to try and 
limit your mistakes. You know, but, that but kind of Kirk is a good quarterback. I mean, he gets a lot of flack because he's not an elite quarterback, but like he's a good quarterback. He's he's got very good accuracy. He's a very good processor. He takes care of the football. I mean, he does have the occasional brain fart, but like overall, like he's he's very careful with the football. He'll take uh, he'll he'll get generate explosives where he can. I think he's a good quarterback. You know, he's he's a he's a limited tier athlete compared to you know the the Patrick Mahomes or the Josh Allen's of the world, the Lamar Jacksons, obviously. Um, he's not an improviser or a creator the way like Deshaun Watson is, but like he's in terms of like executing the system, throwing a beautiful ball, like he's very, very good. And I, that's kind of like why the Kyle Shanahan's love him. Like he'll, yeah. he'll do what he's told and he'll execute it to a T and he's very good at that. And he won't necessarily give you much else more than that. Well, but I think, and in, in, well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one thing we can all definitely agree on is he's, multitudes better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't even believe that. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. But uh, I, I think we've, I think we've kind of touched on it enough for, I think we also definitely at this point need to see some, needs to see some games, need to see some snaps, like see where these guys are at. Yeah. Um, and to that end, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but we've got these position groups that were a big problem last year. One of them is a big problem every year. Just generally, defensive line, offensive line, secondary, who are we least encouraged by? Let's start with that. Who are we least encouraged by at this point? I think I know the answer. It's the same answer every year, but but let's <laughs> what do you guys say? Who's your least uh you're most concerning at the moment still. Yeah, so for me, it, w- it would be the offensive line, and I think we kind of covered the reasons earlier, right? I think it's Darisaw and, and Davis are the big concerns on the offensive line. Now, um, or at least they were the reason for us to get excited about this offensive line, and they're not there. So I think by that nature, we, we're not – we can't get all that excited. I will say I think even without Darisaw and Davis on the offensive line, I think there's some potential for it to be solid – I think if you get a player like Oli Udo, who's been kind of marinating for a couple of years in there and he plays well, that's a positive. Um, I think, you know, Brad O'Neill is very good. I think he's not an elite right tackle or anything, but he's very good. Bradbury, I I still like a lot. Um, and Ezra Cleveland, I still like a lot. Rashad Hill, I think, can be well, Rashad Hill is a playable tackle. I think I, ideally I want Rashad Hill as my swing tackle. I think he's very good in the swing tackle role. And obviously that's what his role has been for the Vikings for quite a while now, but to be a swing tackle, you have to be playable and he's there. So I, I think we can cobble together a solid offensive line. And I think that's really all we need with the weapons on our offense that Nick was talking about mm-hmm. um, on the defensive line. I, it, it is a little interesting because Michael Pierce actually, we didn't mention him earlier, but he's been dealing with an injury too. Um, you have Dalvin Tomlinson. Now, I will say the camp reports for Oliuda have been very glowing. And that's that's interesting to me because he's going against our interior defensive line, which is our highly paid Dalvin Tomlinson, Sheldon Richardson, who I think we all kind of expect to be a, a factor, right? So outside of Daniil in the Edgers group, there's a bunch of question marks too. I, I think that's a little bit concerning. I would say I'm least concerned about the secondary uh, simply because I trust that with the number of options we have there, we'll come up with something good. I like the Bashad Greenland signing a lot. I think Patrick Peterson still has something left in the tank. I know Nick wrote a big article on Patrick Peterson. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, I I think, is a very good slot. And Cameron Dantzler, who I didn't even mention, I think might start – we would hope that he progresses enough to start over, you know, any of the other 30. 
Um, so I, I think we're in a good place that's there. Definitely at safety, the least concerning group for sure. At, at safety, we have Harrison Smith, obviously still fringe elite at this point. I wouldn't say you know that he was the best safety in the NFL for like two or three years there, but I, I wouldn't say he's at that point. But still a fringe elite player. And then Xavier Woods, I think, would be fine. I I think we got options there. Nick, you got anything? I'm maybe less concerned about the offensive line than than the average fan. I feel like um, I am pretty confident expecting progress from Ezra Cleveland. Like we remember, he was thrown into the fire as a rookie. He was, was kind of like Brian. If you remember Brian O'Neill, wasn't as a, he as a, still underweight even? Like yeah, they, they didn't, he wasn't even at the weight they wanted him to play. He was a left tackle for three years at Boise State. They had him basically redshirting, and then injuries happened, and they threw him in at right guard. Like after practicing, I think it was a tackle in in camp in preseason too. And then they threw him in at right guard, and like it was, um, he was still impressive. I think particularly as a run defender, just because he's so athletic, and and the wide zone scheme is like uh, plays to those strengths so much. And as a pass protector. Um, he wasn't good and he was pretty bad, but it was still like, if he was bad, like he wasn't nearly close to like Dakota Dozier bad and Dozier was still like a solid tier above like Drew Samia or Pat Elfline, um, who really struggled, uh, for the Vikings last year. So, um, like that's where he was thrown into the fire out of position on a different side as a rookie. And I feel like he's put on some weight. Arif actually singled him out as like the single most impressive uh, guy uh, on the offense other than KJ Osborne. So I feel like that's, um, you know, Arif is there at camp watching, watching the reps every day. So I feel like that's encouraging. So I, I feel comfortable expecting improvement from him, but similar story for Bradbury, like Sanders usually, it's usually year three where they take the leap. It was the same thing for like Jason Kelsey. It was the same thing for like Ryan Khalil. So, um, like these like super athletic centers, like they usually do some interesting things in the run game, but it takes a while for them to hold up and pass protection. I don't think Bradbury's ever going to, you know, go, seeing him going up one-on-one against Michael Pierce, that's not his strong suit, but like, I feel like he can, I feel like, you know, in his third year, this might be it for him to, to take a leap. And I feel the same thing. Brian O'Neill is like, we think of him as the grizzled veteran, but he's still on his rookie contract. So these are young guys. Right. Um, I think Rashad Hill is a liability, but I also don't think there's a huge, um, difference between him and uh, Riley Reef last year. I thought I'm Riley loving, Reef. I'm loving the positivity, Nick. I'm I loving, thought Riley Reef was like pretty bad last year. I know his grades yeah. said he was good. I thought he had kind of a cupcake schedule and like wasn't really putting it together. I understood why the Vikings wanted to move on. So I'll um, build on that positivity and say you didn't even mention our rookies, which you know we t- we started the show by being like, oh, little blah, blah. but the fact that the fact that we actually have some positive signs on the line. And that that positivity does not rely at all on the rookies. I think that's a really good sign too. Like, yeah, maybe we got something special in one of those guys too. Yeah, and look, just because like Rashad Hill is starting now, which is bad. Like, I don't expect him to be good at all. Um, maybe not dumpster fire bad, but I don't expect him to be good. Like, you know, Brian O'Neill didn't start either, and he worked out pretty well. And even when he came in, like he was a work in progress. But I feel like there, like there would be plenty of time for Darisaw to get in the running and get healthy and take over the job once he's ready. So I just, I'm not like pressing the, the fire alarm on that one either. No, I, I agree. It's not like Darisaw has been in camp and he's looked awful or terrible or something and it's, and it's just working with the third stringers. It's he's been hurt, so he physically hasn't had the opportunity. It might take him a little while to come yeah. on, but Brian O'Neill started like week six or something, right? I think is when he first went in his rookie year. Um, so once he gets comfortable and worked in, I, I think we'll start to see him creep up more towards that starting spot. I agree. Awesome. I, I totally agree, guys. 
Um, let's let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about um, our expectations for the year, like what what we kind of see this year being. I think there's two two things we definitely should talk about, or one thing we, we definitely should talk about is our division. Um, you know, do we feel like? I mean, we don't even have to spend time on the lines. <laughs> no, we do no not. Need, no need to do that. Uh, let's talk about the Bears and the Packers. Let's do the Bears first. Just you know, quick, quick thoughts. Like, what are you seeing from the Bears? Personally, I'm seeing a, a pretty decent amount of positivity coming out of that team. And I think I think their biggest hurdle uh, was the quarterback position, obviously, and it seems like with Andy Dalton and probably working fields in towards the middle of the year, they might have something going there. Um, are we afraid of the bears? No, I'm not. I'm fading the bears so hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, I've been, I've been on this horse for a while, but I feel like the bears cut their best. They're really, their own their only good cornerback in Kyle Fuller. Like they had the, 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 the rookie um, name currently escapes me. Who was like pretty good. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, Jalen Johnson is pretty good, but like, he wasn't Kyle. Kyle Fuller was like a pro bowler um, and they cut him because they couldn't afford him. The Bears cut both of their starting tackles said like, well, maybe we'll be okay if we trade up and draft Tevin Jenkins, who's a good prospect. He's a rookie, but he's a good prospect. Jenkins is in the same situation Darius saw is where he's been injured this whole time. So he's not starting right now. Like I saw the Bears were starting like their, their like third and fourth string left tackle and right tackle in camp because of how bad it is. Like this is just like not a very good team. Like the raw, like I look at the roster and I just don't, there aren't a lot of good players on this roster. Like Khalil Mack obviously is amazing. Akeem Hicks is, but like a lot of the, the average age on that defense is like 29. It's one of the oldest defenses in the league. Half their starters are over 30. And like, yes, Khalil Mack, you can argue him as, is still like a tier one edge defender, but at a certain point he's going to slow down. It probably will be sooner rather than later, especially because edge defense is like, so like, look at how quickly Everson Griffin, like, like dropped off. Like that, that once that, that, that athleticism goes at the edge defender, once you lose that burst, that's kind of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I see them losing. They cut a lot of important players. Um, their remaining good players are on the downswing. Um, yes, Mitch Trubisky at slash Nick Foles is a very low bar for Andy Dalton to clear. Andy Dalton is in, is, he's a better quarterback than either of those guys, I think. Um, and, Justin Fields, yes, is is a very exciting thing for them long term. I think he's an incredibly good prospect. I'm, I was very disappointed he fell to a divisional rival, but like he's there's, still a there's rookie. A live, there's a live recording that exists of both Matt and I <laughs> becoming very disappointed. I was dying inside. Move as well, so dying we, inside. We, I can I have record I have proof that that is a very disappointing thing. Yes, I, I think he's going to be a very good football player. Um, he's still a rookie, even if he's like you know, Justin Herbert levels of good or like Dak Prescott level, you know, like historically good as a, as a rookie quarterback. I still think they top out as like a nine and eight team. Like I'm Doesn't not always in open ways. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Nagy, Nagy is too cute. Like that offense doesn't have a lot of weapons. They have no running back. All right. Um, fade the bears. Fade him. All right. Me. Let's, so, let's talk so, about the Packers. Okay. Let's so talk about the Packers. on the Packers, um, they scare me. Uh, I'm scared. Aaron Rodgers is back. He's, he's pissed off. Um, still you know <laughs> been pissed off for the past year and a half maybe he, he's at the point where he's like i don't care anymore but until he gets to that point where he's like i don't care anymore um it's it's scary right because 
I, I mean, what can you say? He was the league MVP last year. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, he is going to tear us up. Uh, I don't, know. I don't think he has, and I say this with no hyperbole at all. I really mean this. I don't think he's ever had this much pass catching talent, rushing talent, like everything all together, the team around him might be the best that he's played with. I'll be honest, I, and I know you love Amari Rogers, Greg. So, so we're going to give you that. It's, it's a fact. I think he's I, a I, I don't feel like Amari Rogers is that significant of an add to the roster, right? And at that point, like they haven't really done much else. They have Devontae Adams, like who's, one of those who's a monster. That someone plays like while they while Amari Rogers is just ripping us to fucking shreds for like 200 yards <laughs> in the ground in the air doing like everything he can possibly do to fucking bury us one week i'm just gonna lift that clip and i'm just gonna play it Mario rogers not a great addition to the team <laughs> but I, I i mean i i just don't think no, it's gonna have a massive just, impact I'm just here one. I, I don't think it's that different from what they had last year but the offense they had last year was a juggernaut so that doesn't matter at all like yeah, they're still point. gonna be really good um the the question I have for them is always going to be the secondary, specifically corner two, uh, on the opposite end of Jair Alexander, who is obviously a monster, right? He's awesome, um, but uh, Kevin King sucks, and they drafted a corner in the first round who I thought was bad. So in Eric Stokes, right? He's kind of in the Kevin King mold, of very fast, but He's like Georgia, right? University of uh, Georgia, yeah, but like not technically a good corner. So what do you have there? Um, and then. They got rid of Mike Pettin, which is a good thing, but they hired – who did they hire? Aaron Glenn, I think, from the Rams. Um, so we'll see if he can bring that Brandon Staley magic over. Now, instead of everybody hiring, hiring Sean McVay disciples on offense, they hire Brandon Staley disciples on defense. Um, that's the new trend in the NFL. But seriously, they'll be, they'll be a very good team. They'll be competitive, I think. If you were to give me the division odds between the Vikings and the Packers, and I'm lead Packers right now, just because until Aaron Rodgers is bad, I'm not going to assume he's bad again. Like I, I already thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be kind of bad, and then he became the NFL MVP. So <laughs> I, I've given up. I've given up. That was me also. I've given up on assuming Tom Brady is ever going to be bad. Tom Brady, he's just going to be good forever. Aaron Rodgers, he's just going to be good forever. It's what it's going to be. <laughs> okay, let's. Let's, uh, we're, we're, I think we've had a really good first episode here, guys. So let's, let's finish. Let's wrap it all with a bow. I'm going to ask one simple question. Okay. And I want you to answer it in as economically as possible. One sentence. Yes or no. And then one sentence to support your feeling. Okay. Are we, are we clear on the game? Yes, we are clear on the game. Okay. All right. It's like presidential debate rules. Like, yes or no? (laughs) No exposition. (laughs) Uh, This should be very easy for Nick. He's the attorney after all. Okay. Are the 2021 Minnesota Vikings a Super Bowl-worthy team? Matt, let's start with you. Yes. The Vikings can get in the playoffs, and when you get in the playoffs, you have a shot. Nick? No. They're a playoff team. I don't see them in the same tier as the Chiefs or the Bucks or whoever else is out there. So they're not in that tier, but you never know. 
I think put it this way: they would, yes, anything's possible. Look at you know Eli Manning, but like it, it would take that level of luck, I think, right now. So. You know, just leave it to the lawyer. You leave a little bit of room for extra words. And get you asked me if to be economical, so I, I give you a one-word answer. Um, Let me crap that it wasn't. You know, my my answer is also going to be no, um, because I am not convinced that. I think that we have pieces that can be a Super Bowl winning pieces, but I'm not convinced that the sum of all of our parts is up to the challenge. That's how I feel this year. Hope I'm wrong. I really do. Um, okay, guys, that was great. That was our first full episode. Um, I, 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 proposed, <laughs> I proposed a gimmick to end every episode on. Matt and Nick are not fully on board with this, but we're going to try it anyway because I, I, I've got a stopwatch ready to go. All right, every episode, uh, because we're all in a fantasy league together, we're going to dedicate 15 seconds of every episode to fantasy football because we know you don't want to hear about our teams, but we desperately want to talk about them. So for the next 15 seconds, we're going to talk about our fantasy football teams, and we're going to call this segment... 15 seconds of fantasy. The clock starts now. Nick, I think your team is going to be very injured this year, and I don't think you're going to reach the top of the mountain. Listen, if you guys want to just let me talk for 15 seconds, talk shit about all your shit, I'm cool with that. You guys are totally... Greg, the most exciting thing... Greg, the most exciting thing that's going to happen to you this week... Your time is up. Your time is up. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Your team suck. And uh, guys, this was an absolute blast. I'm really glad we did this, and I hope we keep doing it. Sorry, I misunderstood the rules. I thought it was no, 15 cool. seconds cool. to ourselves. <laughs> this has um, been the heart 15 and seconds per podcast. person. Yeah. This has been the Heart and Skull podcast with your hosts, Greg Blake, Matt Fries, and Nick Olson. Uh, tune in every week, I think, is the plan. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you around, hear you around. Cheers. Oh, another first round corner wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, another first round corner wouldn't do us any harm. Oh, another first round corner wouldn't do us any harm. And we'll all cheer on behind. And we'll score the old Vikings along. We'll score the old Vikings along. We'll score the old Vikings along. And we'll all cheer on behind.